Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homie. I'm your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. The Business Creators Radio Show is a from-the-field podcast, which means we go where you go to have those mastermind conversations and aha moments. Sometimes you may hear a few noises in the background as we may not be in an office or a studio. And if you're spending all of your time in an office or a soundproof studio, get out of there. The inspiration, the encounters, the opportunities happen when you're out and about. That's what you got to do. And I, and I say this as somebody who's so introverted that they had to make a new category on the left-hand side of the spectrum just for me. Now, today, we're going to have an interesting conversation. This kind of dovetails with some of the work that I do and the theme of my book, Groundhog Day is an Event, Not a Business Strategy. And so we're going to be discussing is achieving twice as much in half the time with better results. Does that sound essentialist and minimalist to you? I like it. Achieving twice as much in half the time with better results. So we are going to be speaking with Stuart Lickman, and I'll tell you a bit about him. His books and programs help the millions of adults who have big needs and questions about how to live the lives they want to live. They help to achieve the impossible. As the president of a company called Partners in Excellence Incorporated, he's guided and run about 100 companies and trained more than 70,000 people around the world. For the past 20 years, he's invested heavily in spreading and sharing his cybernetic transposition system, which helps individuals achieve their personal goals by connecting the power of the unconscious mind with their conscious results. So as a communicator entrepreneur at heart, committed to helping others through not only his life-changing cybernetic transformation, Stuart also has his shared vision leadership system, the super achiever coaching program, the cybernetic transposition trainer coach training, and the super entrepreneur training. His online written resources include how to get lots of money for anything fast, which he sold 53,000 copies of at $100 each. The art of success, luck, and harmony, and the impossible is a matter of course. He is a co-author with his wife, Gloria Walter, of a four-book series about early childhood development. And this is all current stuff, so we don't lose question number one. Stuart Lickman, come on in. The weather's fine. Welcome, Adam. Awesome, awesome. What we like to do here is, before we dive into the topic, and we're going to have to begin with some definitions of terms, is, before we do that, tell us in your own words. I read off your official bio. It's so impressive. I'm pretty sure I'm not even worthy to be here. Tell us a bit in your own words about your journey and what's brought you to where you are today, serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. How I got here? Is that what you're asking? You can take it however you like. Okay. When I was a kid, I um, had 
discovered I had Asperger's syndrome. I couldn't connect with anybody. I couldn't learn from anybody. I was all by myself. And I had to invent ways to deal with the world. And then when I was 28, well along my entrepreneurial career, I had near-death experience. I met God and class in near-death experience. And I came back with a lot of knowledge and power I didn't have when I went out. So that's how I got here. And what can I say? Uh, I thought I was dumb when I was a kid. <laughs> I managed to get into MIT. Um, you talk about being an introvert. You, I was farther on the left hand end of the scale than you were. Um, and I had to learn to deal with the world. So I invented a system and that system is called cybernetic transposition. Now, to understand it, it's important to understand one basic thing. Our unconscious minds do all the doing. The conscious mind is a spectator. It's kind of like you're watching television. Any thought or idea that pops into your conscious mind comes from your unconscious. For example, using functional MRI studies, they have found that the decision to get up, stand up, is made by your unconscious about five to 10 seconds before you consciously even begin to think about it. The unconscious starts activating the muscles and balance system and then suddenly you either just get up or you think I ought to get up and you do it. Now, we run our lives unconsciously, but almost nobody is consciously aware of that or has any control whatever, whatsoever over what the unconscious does. So, what I do is teach people to consciously manage their unconscious mind. And this comes about in a number of ways. Let's talk about, you oversold me a little bit. It's doing twice as much in the same time or the same amount in half the time with better results. And that is done the following in the following way. <clears throat> Remember when you learned to drive a car, Adam? It yep. was pretty tough. You had to consciously modulate everything. And at least the first time I drove a car, I ended up soaked in sweat. I don't think that's too unusual. Nowadays, when you drive a car, it's automatic. You don't pay attention to the mechanics of the driving, unless you're racing, which I used to do. But normally you just drive, you think about what happened at work, uh, what you're gonna eat for dinner. If you have the radio on, you may think about that or talk on a telephone, but you're not doing the conscious driving. It's doing, yeah. it's being done automatically by a whole series of unconscious habit patterns. And the same thing with reading. 
you know, it takes a kid about three to five years to learn to read. Yeah. And they have so much to do to learn. Nowadays, we look at a book, we know exactly what it says. We just know it intuitively. Unless, of course, the book is in Cyrillic and you don't read Russian, in which case you've got to start over with that three to five year learning process and make a whole new series of unconscious habit patterns. Make sense? Yeah. So, because, well, you know the saying, you never forget how to ride a bike. Well, they say that uh, once you learn, you never forget. And, and it's like riding a bike, even if you haven't done it in a long time, with just uh, a short bit of practice, if your skills are rusty, you can very quickly achieve your previous proficiency. Yeah, and that's because the unconscious habit patterns that allowed you to ride a bike like a champ when yeah. you were a kid are still operating. Now, that's both good news and bad news. The good news is you can hop on a bike and get up to speed very fast, as you said. The bad news is those unused, unconscious habit patterns steal a lot of time in tiny little bites. You don't have any idea it's happening. So if you take those unconscious habit patterns that are stealing bigger bites and you change them into currently productive unconscious habit patterns, you can accomplish the same thing in half the time. Right. It's not, from my point of view, it's not rocket science. Right, 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 right. You know, something occurred occurred to me as um, you were speaking uh, about the whole thing of learning to drive, for example. And, you know, my problem was never with learning how to drive a car. That was the easy part. The difficult part was dealing with the the people who were, quote unquote, teaching me how to drive, who uh, were creating the anxiety. I was better off without my instructors. That's the way it is in a lot of things. Yeah, and I, yeah and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm bringing up and I bring that because I, I that just occurred to me that it was it was worth inquiring about in terms of our conversation. One thing that specifically comes to mind is uh, you know how you're driving along the road uh, and uh, another car will be coming in the opposite lane. Now, when that happened the first time, it's like okay, so there's another car there. But I had to listen to somebody going on for five minutes. Well, yeah, I bet you were scared, huh? Yeah, that's really no. It didn't matter. What scares me is you won't shut up. <laughs> of course, yeah. It's like talking to the phone company's uh, customer service person, jabber, 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 uh-huh. jabber. I agree. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like that is not helpful at all. And I think that in thinking about things like this, when we are being taught things that are rites of passage, like learning how to ride a bike is a rite of passage. Learning how to drive is a rite of passage. 
when you're dealing with rites of passage as you move toward adulthood, toward independence, uh, for those who are seeing you do it and often those who are teaching you to do it, that represents to them a sense that you don't may not need them as much, if that makes sense. Sure. So there may be a fear of letting go. And I wonder if there may be something to that. And I wonder if it impacts the teaching that we do when it comes to helping people live the lives they want to live in general, even adult education, that that might impact the teachers because they know the more that their students learn, the less that they at least may need or perceive the need. Well, you know, that's an interesting thing, point you make, Adam. Now, my wife is an entrepreneur. She started a preschool, probably the best, best one in the world. And we wrote a series of books from her experience. Right. She teaches the kids social skills as well as the ability to read and write and so on. And when I see kids who she taught 20 years ago, they're qualitatively different. So what she's doing works. But every year it comes around to graduation time and she gets very weepy. Oh, I'm losing my kids. Oh, sigh, and so forth. Um, I helped her with that because that is what I call a blocker, a self-defeating unconscious habit pattern. Right. So now when it comes around to graduation, she says, well, I can always know these kids inside. Their essence will always be with me. And I'm really proud of them. None of the weepy deepy stuff. Or in your case, when you get pissed off at people who uh, chatter on saying nothing of relevance, you can change that pattern. So you can, for example, set it up so you unconsciously switch to taking notes and writing down things and just ignoring those people without any reaction. Does that make sense? Yeah. Makes all, well, makes dollars and sense. So, so basically I was getting to that actually. So you kind of anticipated me to define what a blocker is. So a blocker is basically anything that gets in our way of our learning, for example, or our achievement. Uh, cause as, as I heard, so you explained to me in the green room, blockers are actually so familiar to us. We take them for granted. Right. Let me give you an example of a few that are very familiar. Getting annoyed at customer support people. Um, falling asleep when you're reading a book that you want to read. Uh -huh. um, not understanding things when you read or are introduced to them. Um, getting home from work, being exhausted. Those are all blockers. Have you ever come home really tired out from the day and someone says to you, hey, there's a great movie. It's about blah, blah, blah. And you get all excited about it and you hop in the car and go to the movie. Suddenly you're filled with energy, right? Yeah. 
So what was making you feel tired wasn't physical exhaustion. It was a blocker. And you replaced the blocker with enthusiasm. Now, you can set it up. So you take that blocker. I feel tired when I get home and set it up. So as you walk through the portal of your home, you suddenly feel enthusiastic, joyful, and really looking forward to the evening. And that makes things a lot easier. Make sense? Yeah. Makes dollars and cents so far. Right. We'll see once I get out there. No, I'm just kidding. Well, if you want to talk about dollars and cents, say you want to earn $25,000 this month in addition to what you normally do. So using my technique, you set an objective to generate $25,000 on or before a particular date, doing so in ways that are appropriate for your highest good. Right. And then you put it into place and you forget it. You don't plan. You don't do anything. And suddenly you look in your bank account at the end of the period of time and your balance is 25000 more, more than it was at the beginning. <clears throat> it's done unconsciously. See, to do what seems to be impossible, you simply... In concept, you set a target that's harmoniously accepted by your conscious and unconscious mind. You know it's harmoniously accepted by your conscious mind if it makes sense. You know it's harmoniously accepted by your unconscious mind if it intuitively feels perfect, just right for me. So you set a an objective and then because you're unconscious and working on millions things or millions of things at once you need to make your objective your target stand out with a high priority now first job of the unconscious is always keeping you alive but then there's a lot of other stuff going on that can be transcended by your target. So I have a technique for doing that. And then the third thing is to resolve the unconscious roadblocks, the blockers from things that would stop you into things that help you achieve your target. And in my coaching program on my own, in my online coaching program, I get very good feedback. At the end of it, people fill out a 33-point form. And for the last 13 years, 100% of the people who set a seemingly impossible objective for themselves achieved it if they did at least most of the required work. And I give them a list of what's required work in the beginning so they know. 100% is pretty good, wouldn't you say? I could live with 100%. And I could find I could find a way to scrape by. 
that's good. Well, now, a saying I have is easy is good. Because when you're aligned, your conscious and unconscious mind are aligned, things are easy. If you build what I call a success team in your unconscious, then you just easily sell through life. And if you hit a blocker, you know how to resolve it into making it even more successful. That's the way I live. Yeah, I, I, I see. So I'd like to shift gears here and I'd like to actually define um, some of the terms of the work that you do so that people can understand it at a higher level. And one of which is cybernetic transposition the cybernetic transposition system so tell us a bit about that well first let me tell you about the hokey name um when i was in mit many years ago i'm 83 now yeah and i used to see norbert wiener the inventor of cybernetics walking down the hall looking like the prototypical absent-minded professor. He wrote a book called The Human Use of Human Beings. And that's what my system is about, becoming more and more who you are. Now, transposition means that you can take a success in one area of your life and transpose it into a bigger success in a completely different part of your life. So that's what the name says. What the system is, is basically a series of processes for setting and achieving seemingly impossible objectives using the three-point process I described a little bit ago. Yeah. Setting the target, prioritizing, resolving the blockers. <clears throat> and also building teams in the unconscious that can do anything you want. For example, my wife and I decided to learn French, so I built a French team. And when we study on Pimsleur, the uh, language, I just get it much easier, more easily than she does, but she's stubborn. She won't let me help her build <laughs> such a team. She does it her own way. My way works better. Ha ha. Yeah. Um, I have one process called the great day process. You design what would be for you a perfect day. And then you build a unconscious team of subpersonalities who each have certain skills that are components of that. And then you set it up and you forget it. If you keep a diary, you'll find suddenly every day is a perfect day. And that's what my students say to me. I didn't realize I was having a perfect day until I look at my diary, I just realized every day is exactly what I asked for. Um, or finding a perfect partner. I finally found the perfect woman for me. We've been married 16 years. Um, and 
I use my own process to do that. Okay. And the way that works, you make a list of all the characteristics you've experienced in any person in any context that you'd like in your perfect partner. And then you find the a memory uh, that demonstrates each of those characteristics being manifested by person X or person Y. And you put those into a target and then you set up an instruction on or before X date. I will have found or will have found and entered into a perfect relationship with my perfect partner as defined by this list. And about 100% of the time, your perfect partner shows up. In my case, um, about 17 years ago, as a birthday present to myself, I set a target for my perfect partner. I'd been married twice. Each one was a perfect person for that time. But now it's time to find somebody who really satisfied me. I had 32 characteristics on my list, one of which was a successful entrepreneur. Another one was practically perfect in every way. Thank you, Mary Poppins. And um, one day I watched, I was watching Law and Order. I'm a Law and Order freak. And I was watching Law and Order on television and they had a commercial for eHarmony. And a voice from my unconscious said, use that. And I okay. said, are you kidding? Go away. Well, it came up a couple of times more. I said, no way, that's stupid. Next day, it was a little more forceful. Use E-harmony. No, use E-harmony. Oh, gee, use E-harmony. Finally, I gave up. I got on E-harmony. And my wife was the third person that came up. It was, I had been going out with very slim redheads who were 20 years younger than me. Um, and this one showed a woman who was Phil figured wearing a white suit and a white hat standing in front of a florid sunset with red, blue, green, all colors. And at the bottom of the page was the same woman, the yellow slicker with baby penguins climbing on her. Okay. And I said, this has got to be somebody interesting who put up those kind of pictures. Yeah. So I read and we just clicked from the instant. Uh, we talked and when we met physically after a couple months, we stayed together for about nine hours just talking and playing cards. I used to like playing gin rummy. She beat me at gin rummy. And I didn't even mind that. I enjoyed it. I knew I had the right person. Uh -huh. Okay. So basically, using my techniques, you can achieve almost anything that seems impossible. There are some things I haven't even tried to do, like levitating. There are some things that I've tried to do 
um, that I haven't yet mastered like winning the Powerball lottery. Um, what's it, 328 million to one against you? Something um, like that, minimum. And now I am on something that is possible that seems absolutely crazy, which is straightening out the world. I have a three-point plan. I know how to do it. I've tried it. You remember uh, a few weeks ago that Joe Manson torpedoed Biden's environmental bill in Congress because he was a swing vote. And every all the commentators said, well, Bill, it's dead. So I used my technique and took five days to get Manson to change to supporting the bill. And it took two days to get Kristen, what's her last name, Sanima, um, to support the bill and it passed. Um, I have a new book that'll be coming out in November um, that deals with making your life a paradise on earth. And that's the first step of my three-point plan. 10 million people making their lives a paradise on earth and communicating to other people who do that. Second, that's the second step, exponentially increasing the number of people. And the third step is using the technique I used with Joe Manson and Kristen Sinema, um, and also some with Trump and so on, I changing the worldview of the nominal leaders of the world. Now that's a challenging objective, but that's one I'm sure I can do. Right, right. This sounds almost magical with a K. Well, it is magical in the sense that if your conscious mind isn't involved in trying to do it and the results just appear because your unconscious created them, it seems magical. It seems lucky. And luck is just unconsciously created success. So if you know how to ask your unconscious to produce what you want, you suddenly become much luckier. Yeah. You want some of that? <laughs> sure. I, I can certainly follow that. So I, you might or might, might, might not want to cut this out of the recording. When I had my near-death experience and I met God, I was given a choice of staying on the other side, which is a whole lot nicer than here. So you're talking about, so what you're talking about is, and there's, there's no reason to leave this out. Uh, this is, this is good stuff. Uh, what you're talking about is you actually had clinically died and you were seeing the other side. It's just to be, so I understand what we're talking about here. Yeah. The okay. doctors in the ICU later told me I was clinically dead for eight minutes, <clears throat> which should have made me a dummy, but it didn't. However, after that, if you looked at my PET scan of my brain, it was just filled with black 
blurry spots, which I've told, been told by an expert, haha, like your driving instructor expert, that I'd never be able to regain that. Well, I think I have. In fact, those black spots have all gone away. Um, yeah. Anyway, there I was with God, which is an unbelievably wonderful, loving, accepting experience. I was given a choice of staying there or coming back to do what I'd agreed to do this lifetime. And what I just told you about straightening out the world is what I agreed to do this lifetime. And so God's spirit periodically gives me enhancements of what I brought back and I give them to my students. Okay. That's, okay. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm a, I, I'm a believer in this stuff. I, I've had conversations with uh, people who've already crossed over to the other side. And I recognize that the, that the afterlife has a message for us. So this is not something that's in any way weird or even esoteric to me. I'm, I'm in alignment with it, which is why you had the question of whether this is something I'd want to cut from this. And no, not only would I not, but we've, we've dealt with topics like this on this show before. Terrific. I'm glad you're a fellow traveler. So to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So when you were speaking about, uh, you know, using influence to change the actions of people you don't know personally, that reminded me of some techniques in the realm of magic and psychic influence. Yeah, well, I used to teach CEOs and their leading groups how to create peace and harmony psychically. For example, um, at Volvo, they had two my clients well, my client was the head of the spare parts division. And they had a 20-year running conflict feud with the car division. You see, yeah. the cars don't make the money in a car company. Spare parts do. If you put a car together from spare parts at list prices, it will cost eight to 10 times as much as a brand new car fully assembled right. without the labor. So every time the car division increased quality, they cut the profit of the spare parts division. This, of course, created conflict. And, yeah. Um, so using my psychic negotiation techniques, that conflict was completely resolved into harmony in one weekend. And um, the guys in the car division were sent to seven times as numerous as my guys who were the managers of the spare parts division. So they surrounded each one of my guys with seven of their guys figuring divide and conquer. And afterwards they said, Gee, it was strange. We were doing divide and conquer. Uh, you obviously saw that. And it's as if each of you knew exactly what was going on in all the other tables in the room. And of course, we did psychically. 
you know, psychic is a name that was given to a natural function of being able to communicate non-physically. Psychically, simply, psychic simply means the unknown factor. And it is easy to develop people's psychic ability. So when I was working with um, Joe Manson and Sunima, I simply worked with them psychically. And when you're working psychically at an unconscious level, harmony is the natural thing. You can reach a harmonious agreement or resolution at an unconscious level that would be impossible at a conscious level. And you can do it almost instantly. So what I'm doing in this process, the third step of changing the world, is each of the participants in the group who are following me, if I can put it that way, mm-hmm. build a team of subpersonalities that have been re- regressed to their basic spiritual purpose. All subpersonalities, all parts of the unconscious have at their root because we're part of God, have loving, joy, acceptance, enthusiasm, and so on, <clears throat> as part of their basic purpose. So they then through life, through the educational experiential, add on top of that ordinary kind of objective or skills, like reading and writing and uh, critiquing and criticizing. Well, I have a technique to regress them back to the basic purpose. And then if you put together 10 or 12 of these subpersonalities that are anchored in spirit and you then psychically dialogue with say Putin, you say to him, I've said to him, may I give you a gift? And he says, yes. And so I give him a copy of my team and I watch as his subpersonalities wake up to the basic purpose. Now, Putin, if we use him as an example, is a tough nut because as he said in his manifesto the day after Yeltsin gave him the presidency of Russia, I have a divine mission to make Russia a great power again. I'm obviously paraphrasing. Um, And that requires a lot more people sending this basic purpose of spirit, a loving acceptance of joy to him in order to influence him to see that he can achieve his his divine mission in a way that creates harmony, loving, 
acceptance, abundance for his people and for the people of the world. Now, that's a yeah. big job. I need a lot of people to help me. But I think 10 million will do it. And so that's um, my target. All right. Okay, so we're speaking a lot about using this ability to influence the actions and thoughts of others who we ourselves may not be in contact with. So let's bring this back to where we're working within our own organizations or even within ourselves. And how do we apply everything we've covered today to help people to achieve twice as much in half the time and get better results? Easy. Um, the first thing you do is create what I call a success team. You take your seven greatest successes at any time in your life. It doesn't matter what other people call your seven greatest successes. <clears throat> you take the, the intuitively greatest successes and you find the subpersonality in your unconscious that created each. So I call those success subpersonalities. Then you take the seven greatest failures in your lifetime and you do a process they call base reframing, which changes the blocker that created the failure into a success pattern a great success pattern. And you then find the subpersonality who's responsible for manifesting that. So you put your success subpersonalities and the merge reframe, I call it, subpersonalities together into a team that I call the success team, whose job is to make you highly successful in any endeavor that you consciously choose to pursue. And suddenly you become much more successful. So then you ask your success team to identify the subpersonalities that are stealing the most time from you unconsciously. You typically get 10 to 15 of them. And when your success team points them out, you say, oh yeah, of course I do that. Sure, I go stop in the middle of what I'm doing to get a snack and then I want some dessert. And then, well, I wanna watch TV watching eating dessert, of course. And you forget about what you were already starting to do when this pattern intervened. So you basically take the subpersonalities who are expressing each of these time robbing blockers and resolve them into time saving success patterns. For example, you know, um, you, have you ever had the experience 
you're behind you're behind schedule and you're coming up on a deadline and somehow you become hyper effective and yeah. you make the deadline. That's All one the of time. those kind of yeah, that's what, so that's one of the time saving subpersonality. So you take time saving ones and you reprogram the time wasting ones and then you set an objective to have all of these time-saving subpersonalities empower you to accomplish whatever you want to accomplish in half the time with better results. And then you keep track of the results and you say, oh my gosh, it's working. I don't know how I'm doing it, but things suddenly became much easier. And that's how you accomplish twice as much in half the time. I developed this one for the guy who was um, the, I don't remember his title, but he was assistant to the Minister of Education in Sweden. And he was working six days a week, at least 14 hours a day. And he just said, I can't keep doing this. In a month, I had him down to a maximum of eight hours a day, five days a week. And he got accommodation for the minister for sharply improving his results. I invent these things on demand. So that's how you save time. All right. That's fantastic. I see. I, I love. I love what you're sharing with us today. So. Um, you know, you've shared with us, you have almost 100% success rate with this or 100% success rate with this. So as we wrap up here, I, I love these stories. What is the most heartwarming result that you've seen produced by your trainees? Well, one of them is a woman who was sexually abused by a relative when she was young and unable to have a, any kind of relationship with a man since then, resolving all of that, getting clear with their family about what happened, getting clear with herself, <clears throat> and entering into a wonderful, loving, supportive relationship with his, her perfect partner. That's one of them that I like a lot. Another one is finding my wife. Um, uh, that she was my third marriage, is my third marriage, and she's practically perfect in every way. Um, heartwarming. Oh, there's so many of them. I got a story uh, from a woman in the New York area who, with her brother, in inherited a family bakery that was going to pot. And in the space of the training, she totally turned it around, turned her relationship with her brother around. Um, the business became very successful. She, her relationship moved from adversarial with her brother to one of very close loving. And what's more, she ran the uh, Washington Marathon with no prep. Uh, and ended up with no aches, pains, or exhaustion. But I 
There's so many stories, it's hard to pick one out. Yeah. So, I'll bet you're going to ask me how people can get my book and get in my trainings. That's where we were going next. Uh, actually, I know you have an offer, uh, an invitation rather, for our audience. So this is something I'm going to have to check out myself. You have a book called How to uh, Get Lots of Money for Anything Fast. Right. Uh, basically, that, yeah, yeah. You call it the $25,000 a day secret that's made millions and i will tell any i will tell people where they can go find this it's at www.anything-fast.com that's www.anything-fast.com uh i myself am gonna have to see this for myself i may have to grab me a copy well that would please me very much huh? i bet it would uh, i bet it would <laughs> There's also, I also have a website where uh, there are a number of free ebooks, a great deal of discussion, and links to all my other programs. And that is stuartlichtman.com. Right. S T U A R T L I C H T M A N.com. No spaces. And okay. that has a link to my super achievement coaching program. That's where I have the statistically valid 100% success rate because you can't get much data from people who read a book, but people in the training will give you extensive feedback and having graduated from MIT, I know how to do a little statistics. Um, so that 100% is really statistically valid. As I say, however, I can show you the way you have to do the work. Yeah. Precisely. So, Stuart Lickman, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me in education. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.